Hello again and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. To all new subscribers, you can find out more about the Master's Voice Prophecy blog either by using the dashboard where you will find all the videos listed in no particular order, or you can use playlists. Playlists are themes where you can follow a particular type of prophecy all the way from the first time I started speaking of that prophecy, the oldest videos, all the way to the newest videos. You can subscribe to see stuff that I put on the community post. The community post is usually where I keep up with the fulfillment of the messages, when the messages are being fulfilled or when things regarding the messages are coming to pass, or when God gives me exhortation, spiritual insight that will benefit the people of God, I always share them there on the community post. And so today is a prophecy that is very old. This prophecy has been in my archives since June the 3rd, 2019. Today's prophecy is going to be combined, and this is going to be a long video. There is no way that I'm going to be able to make this a short video, simply because at the time I made the prophecy, the Lord did not really expand it. But then tonight, when he told me that this is the prophecy that's going to be done, he gave me the instruction to expand, to, to condense part one and part two. So I'm going to make them one video, but then he has expanded it so much. I have been reading over this stuff for about two hours before finally putting the camera on. And so today's prophecy is called the destruction of Gog and Magog, the destruction of Gog and Magog part one and part two. So this was teaching from God and this was seeing pictures, just seeing images as the Lord was speaking to me but also I will be going over a lot of scripture tonight. So you're welcome to get your Bible and follow along and we will go through the things that the Lord has said. God is in the process of opening end times scriptures. I've always said since I started this blog, even in writing that we are entering and we are the generation that will see the last day's prophecies come to pass. We are that generation that have been selected out of all the generations previous to see the fulfillment of the things that are written in the Bible. Some people may not get to see the full fulfillment of things, but even as these messages of the Master's Voice Prophecy blog are taking shape, you are always pointed to the scripture so that you can see that the thing was written before I came here and the Lord is using me as his end time messenger to bring out before all people, all nations, the revelation of things that the Bible says that sometimes even the angels have desired to look into. The destruction of Gog and Magog part one and part two dated June the 3rd, 2019. The scriptures that I'm going to be going over in this, I'm reading whole chapters here. So this is why it is going to be long. I'm reading whole chapters. We are going to look at Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39, Genesis 15, Deuteronomy 28, and Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40 will only be read in part. The scriptures again in your hearing, Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39, Genesis chapter 15, Deuteronomy 28, and Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 to 5. The prophecy of Gog and Magog is a very old one. It comes all the way out of the Old Testament. It is an unfulfilled prophecy. It is a word that God laid upon 
a son of Israel, Ezekiel by name, a prophet, and spoke to him concerning the things that will fall upon God's people Israel in the final last days. So here we can see that we are in the modern era, it's 2024, and yet the Lord has brought up a blast from the past, an unfulfilled prophecy out of the Old Testament, and this should be a gentle learning point to God's people out there. When you hear a prophetic message, you cannot expect that message to happen in six months or five minutes just because you think that a prophecy has to happen at a finger snap in order to be true. We have come to the era where the Holy Spirit is going back, back, back into time to find all the things that were spoken by the previous messengers of God that have not yet come to pass. So on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog, you have been hearing about things that may sound unorthodox and sound like it doesn't make sense for Christianity. Why does this person talk about aliens? Why is this person saying that Nephilim will come again? Because the Lord Jesus Christ himself told us that as it was in the days of Noah, so that it will be at the last time that we would be eating and drinking and getting married and being given in marriage. And then the pastors never told you that some of the things that were happening in Noah's day is that angels were walking around marrying women. They left that part out, even though quite a few of them know it is true but took counsel among themselves not to teach it to the people because they thought that it would be too provocative. And so here is Ezekiel's prophecy, and I'm reading it to you now. Ezekiel chapter 38, I will read 38 and 39 together. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal, and I will turn you around, put hooks into your jaws, and lead you out with all your army, horses, and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. Persia, Ethiopia and Libya are with them, all of them with shield and helmet, Gomer and all its troops, the house of Togomar with the the far north and all its troops, many people are with you. Prepare yourself and be ready, you and all your companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them. After many days you will be visited. In the latter years, you will come into the land of those brought back from the sword and gathered from many people on the mountains of Israel, which had long been desolate. They were brought out of the nations, and now all of them dwell safely. You will ascend, coming like a storm, covering the land like a cloud. You and all your troops and many people are with you. Thus says the Lord God, On that day it shall come to pass that thoughts will arise in your minds, and you will make an evil plan. You will say, I will go up against a land of unwalled villages. I will go to a peaceful people who dwell safely, all of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates, to take plunder and to take booty, to stretch out your hand against the waste places that are again inhabited and against a people gathered from the nations who have acquired livestock and goods who dwell in the midst of the land. 
Sheba, Dedan, the merchants of Tarshish, and all their lions will, all their young lions will say to you, have you come to take plunder? Have you gathered your army to take booty, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to take great plunder? Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, thus says the Lord God, on that day when my people Israel dwell safely, will you not know it? Then you will come from your place out of the far north, you and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great company and a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud to cover the land. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. Thus says the Lord God, are you he of whom I have spoken in the former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I would bring you against them? And it will come to pass at the same time when Gog comes against the land of Israel, says the Lord God, that my fury will show in my face. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. Surely in that day, there shall be a great earthquake in the land of Israel, so that the fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field, all creeping things that creep on the earth and all men who are on the face of the earth shall shake at my presence. The mountains shall be thrown down, the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all my mountains, says the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother, and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed. I will rain down on him, on his troops, and on the many peoples who are with him. Flooding rain, great hailstones, fire, and brimstone. Thus I will magnify myself and sanctify myself. I will be known in the eyes of many nations. Then they shall know that I am the Lord. And before I began this prophecy, the Lord said to, to, to me to say in all, the in all the presence of all the people that he is crowning himself in the earth this day. The Lord says that he is putting on his robes of judgment and I will crown myself in their presence celestial and they will know all nations, territories, and men that I am the Lord. This is Ezekiel chapter 39. And you, son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, the prince of, Ro of Rosh, Meshach, and Tubal. And I will turn you around and lead you on, bringing you up from the far north and bring you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will knock the bow out of your left hand and cause the arrows to fall out of your right hand, you shall fall upon the mountains of Israel. You and all your troops and the peoples who are with you, I will give you to birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You shall fall on the open field, for I have spoken, says the Lord God, and I will send fire on Magog, and on those who live in security in the coastlands, then they shall know that I am the Lord. 
So I will make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. Surely it is coming, and it shall be done, says the Lord God. This is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and set on fire and burn the weapons, both the shield and the buckler, the bows and arrows, the javelins and spears, and they will make fires with them for seven years. They will not take wood from the field nor cut down any of the forests because they will make fires with the weapons and they will plunder those who plundered them and pillage those who pillaged them, says the Lord God. It will come to pass in that day that I will give Gog a burial place there in Israel, the valley of those who pass by east of the sea, and it will obstruct travelers because there they will bury Gog and all his multitude. Therefore they will call it the valley of Hamon Gog. For seven months, the house of Israel will be burying them in order to cleanse the land. Indeed, all the people of the land will be burying and they will gain renown for it on the day that I am glorified, says the Lord God. They will set apart men regularly employed with the help of a search party to pass through the land and bury those bodies remaining on the ground in order to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make a search. The search party will pass through the land. And when anyone sees a man's bone, he shall set up a marker by it until the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamongog. The name of the city will also be Hamona. Thus they shall cleanse the land. And as for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to every sort of bird and to every beast of the field. Assemble yourselves and come. Gather together from all sides to my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you, a great sacrificial meal on the mountains of Israel, that you may eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty, drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams and lambs, of goats and bulls, all of them fatlings of Bashan. You shall eat fat till you are full and drink blood till you are drunk at my sacrificial meal, which I am sacrificing for you. You shall be filled at my table with horses and riders and mighty men and with all the men of war, says the Lord God. I will set my glory among the nations. All the nations shall see my judgment, which I have executed and my hand which I have laid on them. So the house of Israel shall know that I am the Lord their God from that day forward. The Gentiles shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. Therefore, I hid my face from them. I gave them into the hand of their enemies and they all fell by the sword. According to their uncleanness and according to their transgressions, I have dealt with them and hidden my face from them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel 
and I will be jealous for my holy name after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me when they dwelt safely in their own land and no one made them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands and I am hallowed in them in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am the Lord their God who sent them into captivity among the nations but also brought them back to their land and left none of them captive any longer. And I will not hide my face from them anymore, for I shall have poured out my spirit on the house of Israel, says the Lord God. You've heard the reading of Ezekiel chapter 38 and Ezekiel chapter 39. And as you have been listening, I'm sure that you can hear the setup of a future prophetic time that is coming. God is talking about a time when a nation with a very large mix of soldiers. So this is one nation at the head, but this nation is coming with a very large mix of soldiers. And these soldiers, this massive coalition is not going to be lacking in terms of horses, not actual horses in that time. We don't fight wars with horses now, but it's simply talking about logistical weaponry and things like that. This nation is not going to be lacking when it comes into God's land. So God's land is where Jerusalem is. This is in the Middle East. And a nation is going to come against a gathered Israel. So an Israel will be gathered. This is not the Yehudim. If you have been listening to the prophecies, you will understand by now that the Lord is going methodically through things of the end. To those who think that the Master's Voice Prophecy blog is just here to put its hand on one little singer and one little bishop, you are not understanding the larger work at play here. God is doing final things. And part of the final things is that every high exalted thing will fall. And every unclean thing that presents itself as a clean thing will be exposed as being unclean. So while you think that this is story time and conjecture, and we've read all this, you don't actually know that you are watching the Lord Jesus Christ pack up the whole show prior to his return. This is what you are watching. As you are watching idols fall and you are watching prophecies come to great men and women, and then you are seeing them fall. You are actually watching their little desperate fingernails sliding down the wall. You think, oh, but why is this happening? It's happening because Jesus Christ is fed up. He's getting ready to come back. Every high thing will be abased. Every proud thing will be cast down into the dust. It's just unfortunate for you because you love the high things and you love the proud things. And so it hurts inside when you see them being exposed on the BBC two years after they had passed away. But there's a method to what the father is doing. He is finishing all final things. He is speaking of wars and rumors of wars, exactly as he told us he would do in Matthew chapter 24 and mirrored it in Revelation chapter six for good measure. The Lord Jesus wants us to understand that it is going to be a lot of bloodshed in the end of times. So you hear one prophecy where God is going to judge someone with death and it's like, no, let's pray, let's stop it. You don't understand that this earth is going to be highly belabored by the touch of the spirit of death. You hear in Ezekiel chapter 39 that God is saying that he is setting a feast 
for the wild animals and the carrion birds. This is not the little sparrows and the little wrens and nightingales. He is saying the carrion birds, this is the vultures, the hawks, the eagles, the birds that eat flesh are going to stuff themselves full on more soldiers than the eyes can count in the end times. So God is doing very big things here on this channel. And it is a pity if people are out of step and out of alignment with who God is, how God judges, and the things that he is not afraid to do and say in front of everyone who thinks that they just have to fold a napkin at their chest and say, let's just pray and it won't happen. Everything that you hear here will happen because Jesus is having his say here. And so I will read the prophecy to you, especially as you have heard the word of the scripture. I will read to you in your hearing the first part of the prophecy that is entitled The Destruction of Gog and Magog. This is part one, June the 3rd, 2019. So I got this prophecy when I was doing afternoon devotions to the Lord. I was singing. I was just making up new songs as I went along because it's very good to take time during the day just to to center yourself and spend time with God. And so as I was doing that devotion, the Lord started speaking to me and telling me to read Ezekiel chapter 38. So I did. And before I was halfway through the text, I started to hear this explanation coming to me of what I was reading. Please listen. Son of man, hear this truth concerning Gog and Magog. This is the nation of Russia, but not Russia as she is commonly known today. This is what is known as the Russian Federation. I've explained before that the Russian Federation, this is a term used for old Russia when Russia was actually quite a large coalition or quite a large um, group of states mixed up into one. When the Soviet Union broke down, then all the different states went and declared independence. They broke away or the Soviet Union was just disbanded and everybody started to have different names leaving a smaller hole called Russia. But it didn't always used to be like that. And I have prophesied here, if you would listen to the Russian prophecies, there's I think about 30 of them all told. If you go through those prophecies, you will hear the Lord saying that in the end days, at the Lord's will, he is going to give an unbelievable amount of territory to Russia. Russia is going to swell and grow and become so fat with land territories and people that she will go back to being referred to as the Russian Federation. And so God was saying to me, my child, Gog and Magog is actually speaking about Russia. And this is something that the Lord has spoken to me to correct right here. It is very commonly taught here in the United States, wrongly taught in the United States, that Gog and Magog are two separate countries. That's how it's taught. It's taught that Gog is one country, Magog is one country, and of course the first country, Gog, is Russia, and the second country, Magog, is China. And that is not true. All you have to do is look in the very beginning of Ezekiel chapter 38 and listen to the prophecy and let the words of the Bible speak for themselves. I'm constantly telling people the reason that your personal time with God, your personal time with the Holy Spirit is not yielding any fruit or right fruit is because 
the Bible is trying to talk and then you're talking over the Bible based on articles that you've read and what the pastor said and this other blog that you're reading. And there's no synchronicity between what the Holy Spirit wrote long before we were born and what you believe based on a whole mixture of truth and leaven and all kinds of things. And people are constantly trying to force the Bible to fit their worldview. And that's something that American pastoral leadership does a lot. It's offensive to the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you don't have a book. I don't have a book. We didn't write any book. Any book that you've written, even as a Christian, stems from God's book, the original book, the one book. So if you don't have any writer's credits under your name and the Holy Spirit has writer's credits, why don't you simply sit in front of the Lord's word and to make sure that you don't miss anything, you just pray and you say, Lord, I come and I humble myself. I ask to be stripped down of personal opinions. I ask to be stripped down of the worldviews that are floating around on every Facebook page. I want to hear what you have to say. When you humble yourself like that, you lower yourself so that the Holy Spirit will then be the one to lift you up where? Into higher understanding, not lift you up to be arrogant or proud or rude, lift you up into better truth so that you can be a workman that doesn't have to be ashamed. Because why? Because you've been taught how to rightly divide. By who? By the ultimate teacher that will write the scroll properly on your heart. Right here in verse two, it is said to Ezekiel, son of man, set your face against Gog of the land of Magog, the prince of Rosh. We can stop right there and close it. Gog is the name of one person. It is not the name of a country. It is the name of a man, a person called a prince. And as I was preparing this, the Lord was calling Putin the prince. Now in real life, we call this man President Putin, President Vladimir Putin. But as I'm preparing this word and God is just sharing certain things with me, he's saying Prince Putin. One of the things he said is that Prince Putin will have his grave in Israel. Vladimir Putin is not going to be buried in Russia. He's not going to lie in state when he passes away like other Russian presidents. God is going to allow great pride to enter this man's heart. It's not there yet. Right now he is being lifted up at God's request, no man's. He's being lifted up at God's request to become the poster boy of the world that we are going into. And I prophesied these things in 2020 when I was saying that America will be abased, meaning she will go down, she will fall down into obscurity and she will just become irrelevant. That will be part of America's punishment. But then to counter the loss of prominence, Russia will start to rise. The prophecy, the main one that speaks about how the pendulum will change, it is called ascendancy. And that prophecy is three and a half years old at the least. America will fall and Russia will rise. Nations will start to look to Russia. Nations will start to deal with Russia. I was talking about these things in 2019 and 2020, and now it's everywhere. It's on the news, bricks. Everybody is talking about it. But these things were brought at a time 
when Russia was being highly vilified here in the United States for tampering with elections and doing this and doing that and very bad press concerning Russia. And yet God was saying, no, 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 I'm going to make this country a shining star. Now all eyes are looking that side. So God was saying, Prince Putin, who Ezekiel 38 and 2 is talking about, Gog is a person. Gog is this man, the prince of Rush, Rosh. And um, I will go into the notes that the Lord gave me later. Rosh is actually northern Russia. Northern Russia. And one of the other nations that's listed here is Gomer. And Gomer and all its troops is coming out in this war. That is southern Russia. But now you're also hearing the Lord say that Russia is going to be big again. So she's going to swell back to her old proportions. But I say to you, as I've said many times in these prophecies, that Russia is going beyond her old proportions this time. Russia's going for gold. She's, she's going to hit it all the way to the fences. Russia is going to gobble up so much of Europe that I said that France, you out there in Europe, you shall be Russian occupied territory. The only difference between you and America is that America shall be humbled and subjugated by Russia and its coalition. And America shall become a colony. A colony is where you are stripped of your identity. The Russian flag will fly here. They will be speaking Russian on the state news. They will be speaking Russian to people just to humble them and put them in fear. But in France, you shall be what is known as occupied territory. And I saw, um, and I explained, I will leave the prophecy in the link when I have time, um, that France will be allowed to keep some identity. France will be allowed to keep some autonomy. France will be able to still govern to a certain extent as France. But here in America, it will literally be called Little Russia. Everything will be stripped, autonomy, power, everything. And the people simply absorbed as part of the conquering nation. And so God says, son of man, hear this truth concerning Gog and Magog. What is Magog? Magog is said to be in Ezekiel 38 and to the land of Magog. Gog is the prince of Rosh. That is a man. And the name given to him in the prophecy is Gog. Gog of the land of Magog is exactly the same as saying Bill Wilson from Colorado. Bill Wilson is the man. Colorado is the land that he comes from. Magog is not China. Magog is the place Gog the prince comes from. But you will not hear that correctly preached. You go click these YouTube videos and they're all Russian China, Russian China. It's not true. The same way it's not true that in Revelation 12, the great dragon that fell, it's China. It's not true. It is Satan coming to put his claws on the earth and be with us. Satan verbatim is that giant, is that giant, is that dragon. It is not China. It is just the presumption of our hearts here that we think that everything in the Bible is about us. It is not. The Bible is about Jesus Christ and his truth that he is revealing first to the churches because this Bible is your inheritance churches. And then he's revealing it to all flesh. Why? Because prophecy has to come true. It is Jesus Christ's testimony. It is his right.
Hear the truth concerning Gog and Magog. This is the nation of Russia, but not Russia as she is commonly known today. This is what is known as the Russian Federation. And then I saw a map of Europe unrolling before me, and I saw today's Russia edged out in blue ink for her borders. So she's there at the top, and then there was this edging around to show how she is. But then the blue ink began to spread and enlarge itself, capturing many countries of the former Soviet Union. But when it had captured the former Soviet Union, this blue ink of the borders did not stop there. It grew until the borders of this Russian Federation seemed to be holding many, many countries, too many countries. Russia was way bigger than it ever used to be as the Soviet Union. It took up the entire top half of the map, going all the way up into the ice, and it extended very, very, very far down. And I wrote, although I don't know Europe's map perfectly, I could see that Russia was holding territory over nations where, if you told them now in 2019, one day Russian territory will swallow you, those nations would faint. And you've just heard me speak now of France. France is going to lose autonomy, lose sovereignty. Those people are very proud, very protective of their home, protective of their nation, protective of their laws. The French are famous in history. They even killed aristocrats to make sure that it would be equal governance for the people, by the people. But Russia is going to put a stop to that as a judgment against France. And one of the things that I've prophesied here is that even though France is right next to Germany, sharing a border at some point, Germany is not going to lift a finger to help France when these days come upon her. And so as I saw Russian territory, the country was very huge. And I went back to reading Ezekiel 38, and then I heard this. In the time of the end, I will give Russia an idea. I, God, will put it into her heart to advance all the way from her territory to go and make a siege against Israel. As the passage says, she will come out decked in military gold, an impressive army the world has never seen before. She will have technology, power, might, and dominion. And the servants of the earth will tremble when that mighty army begins to move out from its place. Like a hook in her nose, an irresistible idea that she can't get rid of, it will enter her heart to come against my people who I will have gathered, who I will have gathered. So the people are not gathered in 2019 at the time of receiving this prophecy. God is speaking in 2019, June, of a time where he's going to go and gather people and take them to his land in Israel. And then after time has passed, Russia will begin to do what God is saying. I will have gathered them from every corner of the earth. I, God, will gather Israel, not a man-made exercise. I will bring them to a place of peaceful existence for all their sufferings and settle them down to rest like cows resting by the mother. When they have dwelled there a while, they will hear a sound like thunder 
in their dwellings, shaking and shifting from the floors as the Russians and their allies arrive on their shores. They will be in holy terror on that day. Israel, my people, this is the word of the Lord. Please refer to Ezekiel 38 to understand. And so here we have Ezekiel 38 before us. And the Lord is giving Ezekiel a prophecy so long ago and telling him that a prince called Gog from the land of Magog is going to come, a prince bringing nations with him like Meshach, Tubal, and Gomer, Persia, Ethiopia, Libya. And he's saying that each one of these nations is going to come out. Each one of these nations is coming out suited and booted, we call it. The Bible calls it with shield and helmet and all their troops. So we hear the Lord saying that he will gather his people from all over the earth and it will not be a man-made exercise. So if you're just coming to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog for the first time and you haven't watched what is now becoming a series that the Lord has put me in, a series where we've been looking at the Psalm 83 war and Exodus, we have looked at a reading of Psalm 83 along with other scriptures like Revelation chapter 2 and 9, Revelation chapter 3 and 9, Isaiah 40, Isaiah 11, and Another prophecy by the name of Yehudim will fall, where God says that he's going to expose completely the people who are called Jews, who are currently living in the land of Palestine. He is going to drive them from that land by means of war, and he is going to gather true Israel from all the corners of the earth and settle them there. If you haven't watched those old prophecies, then this one might be a little disconcerting for you because this one, I would say it's the fourth in the series, and I still have more to go. The Lord has instructed me to simply continue in this vein until I have finished all the prophecies that have been sitting on the Master's Voice Prophecy blog for about four years, and there are still more prophecies in this vein to go. So, just a moment, please. I'm going between the notes that I've received today, January, what's the date today? It's January 14th. 2024. So I'm going between the notes that I've received, actually January 13th, I received them yesterday and now we've crossed over into the new day. I'm going over just some of the notes that the Lord was giving me, marrying them to the scripture and also going back to the prophecy. So kindly bear with me as I go between everything. The nations that are listed here are Ethiopia, Libya, Gomer, Tubal, Rosh, and the names that the, that are given to these nations are not the names that you find now in the Bible. So Ethiopia is not modern day Ethiopia. When you're actually seeing modern day Ethiopia, when you're seeing Ethiopia in the Bible, it's actually the nation that is sometimes called Kush interchangeably. And it's not modern day Ethiopia, but it's actually the area of the Sudan more precisely the South Sudan. And as I go into the second part of the prophecy, you will hear that Libya the Lord says that the entire Libyan peninsula will get involved. So as I go into part two of the prophecy, you will actually hear me wondering at the time I was receiving the prophetic word from God, 
Isn't Libya one nation? Does Libya actually sit in a peninsula? And it actually does. And what the Lord is saying here, that the Libyan peninsula, this means Libya and all the nations that fall in that area are going to get involved in this attack on a resettled Israel when they are taken back to their homeland and they have dwelt there for some time in peace and flourished and are happy. The Bible is calling them here in Ezekiel 38 that they are dwelling in a land of unwalled villages. This just means free from terrors, free from fears, free from enemy attacks, settled now, vindicated by God, haven't been giving back, given back their inheritances. And then God is saying he is going to let Russia have a bright idea to come out in a massive military force that has never been seen before to attack these people. Libya, the entire peninsula will get involved. Gomer is Southern Russia. Tubal is Turkey and Rosh is Northern Russia. So as I was reading, I got to verse four and it says, I will turn you around and put hooks into your jaws and lead you out with all your army, horses and horsemen, all splendidly clothed, a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. This is describing excellent warriors, excellent marksmen, the snipers and the people who go and sit in the swamp and only their eyes are visible and they use a snorkel or whatever. It's speaking about highly trained warriors. Whenever you hear of people talking about bucklers and shield, the buckler was a peculiar type of small olden days shield that quickly went out of style as warfare evolved. A buckler was used to protect you in hand-to-hand -hand combat. It's a very small thing that you basically just keep on the risk wrist, almost, almost like a metal cuff. A shield is something much bigger. You need to put your entire arm in the shield. You need to have a good arm there because you move the shield to protect you. And we know about the shield because we Christians are told to have a shield of faith, but a buckler is something so small like a cuff. And what you do is you have this metal thing on, it's just small, and then you use it to block close up blows. So when someone goes to stab you, it's your buckler that you will use. It's your buckler that you will use. And then the shield is bigger. The shield can block a spear thrown from a distance. Your shield blocks arrows thrown from a distance. And so what God is saying in this verse is that the people coming out to fight are people who are skilled in close up, um, close up combat sort of you see in these born identity movies where the men get really close and they're using fingers to poke eyes. And it's so intense as opposed to just shooting from a distance. And then he's saying that they also have shield. So whether it is hand to hand combat or close up, close contact, very confrontational warfare, or whether you just need to go to a hill and snipe, God is saying that the people who will be coming against, um, regathered Israel are extremely excellent warriors. And then I'm reading the verse and the Lord says, they will come against my people with tanks, with armored tanks and many frightening weapons of warfare. They will bring their own machinery to that small land and will attempt to defeat my people. 
And this just fits Russia to a T. I've said this several times in the America series of warfare with Russia, that Russia doesn't leave anything to chance. You see me sitting here, you can clearly see that I'm not Russian, but I know the person who knows the Russians. And he always tells me that when it comes to warfare, the Russians are not depending on American tanks, American bombs, American artillery, American jets, American nothing. When they come, everything that they take here, they will simply gather as spoil. They will gather it as benefits. They will gather it as, well, we fought a good fight. We kept the faith. We've won this stuff. Now let's ship it over home. But they're bringing their own stuff here. The Lord said that the Russians are going to bring their own doctors. So they're not coming to have a war and then get sick and trust an American doctor to give them three shots of something that will kill them. They are going to bring everything. They're going to bring their chefs. They're going to bring their doctors. He said that they're going to bring logistics persons. Whatever logistics persons do, they're bringing their own to do it. It's sort of a build and bring your own war. And this is identically what God is saying, that these people are so meticulous to ensure victory in how they fight. That he said they're going to bring huge tanks to that small land, that small place, he says, in their attempt to defeat his people. And so you see these various nations all helmeted, all of them handling swords. This is verse four, bringing troops, different houses like Togomar from, from the far north, these are all regions in that Russian area, all the little, all the countries, great and small, that will be seeded back into the Federation. And God says, he's speaking now to Gog. He's sending the message to Gog. So Ezekiel is speaking across the generations, and now it has come back to be repeated in this generation to go over there to Russia. Prepare yourself and get ready, you and all the companies that are gathered about you, and be a guard for them because after many days, you are going to be visited. And God is saying in the latter years, so this is not right now. Ezekiel's prophecy, imagine how many centuries have passed since Ezekiel said this thing. And now God is touching on it again. So please don't sit in your house and start saying, by 2026, if we don't see anything, that's how we know you are false. The falsehood is sitting directly in your chest and may the Lord give you a spoon to scoop it out before it's too late. He's saying the latter years, latter times, meaning there's still a ways to go. You will come to the land of the people who have come back from the sword. So these are a people who have suffered. The sword doesn't mean we were fighting a bad economy. The sword means that you were literally chopped up. You had the experiences of being chopped up. You were chopped up. You suffered warfare. Blood flowed. You died. That's what the sword is. When it says the sword is among you, they're not speaking metaphorically. They're meaning that death was there. This is a people that have come through the sword and now they've been gathered on Israel's mountains. The mountains having been long desolate. They have been brought out of all the nations and now they're dwelling safely. So God is saying that these people have been through some things. They've been suffering. They've been challenged. They have been through some things and now they've come and they're happy. And this is who Vladimir Putin, Prince Putin, Rosh, Gomer, Tubal, Meshach, Togamar, Persia, that's Iran for sure, 
Ethiopia, that's Sudan, that's Libya, the entire peninsula of nations that are close to and around Libya and identify with them. That's who the Lord says, you will come on them like a storm cloud, you and all your troops, bringing many people with you. I hope you can hear God's warfaring nation, God's warfaring heart. I hope you can hear that in this Bible that the majority of us do not even crack on a Sunday afternoon, that the reckless love God is nowhere to be seen. Him and his robe and his blonde hair and his guitar are nowhere to be seen in the actual Bible for the actual end times that you are actually living in actually right now. Please hear and understand that you have been sold a falsehood. And if you do not quickly divest your mind and your heart of this false image of God, that God would never, you will be greatly hurt. I'm telling you, your inside will be bruised when you are forced to get to know God. Not as the reckless love guy, but now as the God that you have to really go to in a time of war to say, give us this day our daily bread. You will now finally be understanding what Psalm 23 is talking about when you have to seek him for daily bread. So Putin is coming and God says that on that day, the thoughts that will arise in the mind of Gog <laughs> will help him to hatch an evil plan. And this is what he will say. I am going up against that land of unwalled villages and I'm going to a people at peace. I'm going to a peaceful people who are dwelling safely. All of them are dwelling without walls. There will be no need for defense in those days. God would have rescued his people. God would have vindicated them. God would have brought them home from all the corners of the earth. The 1948 project would have been smashed and shattered. The Yehudim would have fallen. The hills would have been desolate and now God the one who always renews is going to come and resettle his people, keeping them there safely. He says without even bars or gates, I guess it'll be like old Canada. You can just leave the doors and windows open and go to sleep. And he says that this evil plan will be to look at those people and say, I'm going to spoil them. I'm going to reach out my hand against those waste places that now have people living there. So you're hearing that Israel will indeed be wasted. They're wasting the people across the border right now, but the place is going to be wasted. And then God is going to come to rehabilitate it, make it nice, put new people in there. We talked about ownership in the last video. How God is not sentimental about the ownership of lands. He's not sentimental about the ownership of, of the nations. If God gives you a nation and you dwell in it peacefully and you dwell in it righteously, but then your occupation will continue. And this is one of the things that the Lord said to America, because you were wicked and because you just filled my nation with blood, your ownership will not continue. He will take the deed away and he will give it to Russia. And so Russia will now come and God is asking, so have you come to take plunder and have you brought your army to take booty, to take silver and gold? prophesy and tell Gog. So you see my people Israel dwelling safely. I'm just paraphrasing here so that you can understand. Will you not know it when you see them dwelling safely? So the signal will be, it's not the resettlement process. It's not the regathering process. It's when the people are already settled there, settled in for a while, doing well, thriving and flourishing. And then this man 
will come. And you may be wondering, why would God allow that? If we are a people who have been through the sword, if we are a people who have been so challenged, why would God allow this? Why would God let us go through something like this again? The answer is contained in the scripture and we will go to it. Please bear in mind that you are listening to the prophecy, the destruction of Gog and Magog, June the 3rd, 2019. It will be a long read because there are many, many scriptures to go through. So God is saying that Gog will come up like a storm cloud to cover the whole land. This is just a picture of how many troops will be coming. It will be in the latter days that I will bring you against my land. So if you are here in the United States, you have been asking many angry questions. Why would God allow it? Because God is going to use nations to destroy other nations. If you are unfaithful steward, then obviously your place will be given to someone else and you will be replaced by the someone else. This has always been the reason that God has chosen Russia. God says that Russia is more righteous than America. He's not saying that they're perfect. He's just saying that they're more righteous. And if you go and watch the American Sin series and you hear about all the baby eating and all the child sodomizing and all the trans dressing, which they really don't like in Russia, well, you might be able to change your mind and come to God's perspective, perhaps if you are able, if the Holy Spirit is allowed to work in your heart. And so all this is for the latter days. I will bring you up against my land so that the nations may know me when I am hallowed in you, O Gog, before their eyes. And this is literally Pharaoh from the Exodus. God said the same thing to Pharaoh. He told Moses, I'm going to use that stubborn, hard-hearted, skinny man as an example. When God says he's going to hallow himself in you, it literally means that he's going to justify himself by using you as an example that the entire earth will watch. So to those who have already been through the Russia and China series, you can finally hear that Russia is not going to get away with being the hammer that the Lord uses. This is God's methodology. If you are unfaithful, the Lord will use someone else to hammer you, and then the Lord himself will hammer that person because the act of hammering itself is wickedness. Imagine this type of intelligence that the Heavenly Father has. If we would listen to him, we wouldn't ask all the but why questions. Gog is being told that God is the one who is setting up the showdown. And the reason for it is because... The heart of Prince Putin will become lifted up. Why not? You beat America. You scatter Canada. You deal with the South Americans if they try to help the Americans. You deal with Canada if they try to help the Americans during the occupation and the war that will follow. You come down and terrorize Russia, all of Europe. You spread yourself. Definitely will bomb Switzerland because God says that they're harboring Nazis. You can find that in the land of mystery Babylon. It's either part one or part two, a very long section on Switzerland and their Nazi history and keeping the Nazi secrets in the safety deposit boxes and all that. By the time Russia has gone to and fro and won every battle and aced every war, Putin's heart will be lifted up. And then it will be time for Russia's judgment. And that's when God says he will put the idea into the man's mind and cause him to cast his eye over to Israel and basically say something like, 
They're too happy. I'm going over there. And that's when God says, Russia is going to see him and meet him. So God is saying, aren't you the one? He's talking to Prince Putin here. Aren't you he of whom I have spoken in the former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who prophesied for years in those days that I was going to bring you against them? So that is the old prophecy prophesied them. Being refreshed in your hearing. Why? Because the word has to continue on its trajectory to Russia and Gog. Magog, the land of Russia, and Gog, the prince of Rosh. And God says, the time when you, Gog, come against my land, that's when fury is going to show in my face. So then God has always loved Israel. God is the one qualified to punish true biblical Israel, not other people. When punishment falls on them, it is for their unfaithfulness to their father. And this is well covered in Ezekiel 39. When they are beat, battered, and scattered, it is because they have earned it through forgetting their father's ways. And he has given me words for them in my notes. So he says, when you come against them, that's when the fury will show in my face. For in the jealousy and the fire of my wrath, I have spoken. And God says that in the day that Russia will think to do this, an earthquake so great will come to Israel that the fish of the sea, the birds of the heaven, the beasts of the field, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth is going to shake at his presence. So this is going to be an off the Richter scale type of earthquake that will be felt everywhere for he is saying on the face of the earth. So please understand that a prophecy of an earthquake that will be felt worldwide is coming to you live out of the book of Ezekiel. All fish, he says, all creeping things. This is the little reptile things. All beasts in the field, all animals with four hoofs on the ground all birds in the heaven. So the birds are not even attached to the earth. But when this little snow globe that we live on starts shaking, even the, they are going to be pelting down out of the sky. All living things, that includes us, will shake at the presence of the Lord from this great earthquake that will come. And the Lord says that mountains are going to collapse, steep places. So you know our skyscrapers are really going to take a hit in something like this, and every wall shall fall to the ground. I will call for a sword against Gog throughout all the mountains, and every man's sword will be against his brother. Now, this is the judgment of the Midianites when Gideon was sent against them. Prophecy was given to Gideon, go you mighty man of valor, go in this might of yours. And when Gideon finally gradually built up the courage to go against the Midianites, he was just given simple instructions by God. Don't take too many men. Shout, smash the things, and I'll do the rest. And these people set upon themselves. They slaughtered themselves, and Gideon and them just stood there and watched. They didn't go to fight. They went to watch the Lord fight the battle. And the Lord is saying once again, we will see this kind of thing. He's going to send confusion into the midst of the Russian army. And every man, close-up fighter, distant shield protector, Madness is going to enter into their heads. They're going to look at their fellow soldier wearing the same uniform as them and think, enemy soldier, open fire, attack, and slaughter one another. And God says, 
that they will not only be judged with this warfare against one another, but with pestilence and with God raining down on the troops of Gog, flooding them with rain, hitting them with hailstones, hitting them with fire and brimstone. So we're seeing Sodom and Gomorrah in here, the fire and the brimstone coming down, hailstones, we are seeing the plagues of Exodus in here. Are you listening, modern day Christians? Are you listening? Are you getting this on all the live streams where people I'm hopping on, I just wanna hop on? Are they hopping you into the scripture and telling you what's on the way? That you are going to see the God of the Old Testament that you keep writing on all my posts and prophecies. That it's doom and gloom. When he's actually telling you that he's fire and lightning. Are you hearing for himself out of this Bible that is still in print? If you hurry now, you can get one. I will magnify myself and sanctify myself. When God is talking like this, the word magnify means to make big, to make great. Now, why does the greatest life on earth need to tell the small little dumplings of fat and flesh that he will magnify himself? He has to do it because the fat and the flesh have expanded themselves and made him small. His people say they are saved, but they can't trust him for the rent. They can't trust him for healing. They can't trust him with their children. They can't trust him for the promotion. They don't even trust that he's at the other end of the telephone when they pray. I feel like God is not hearing me. Then why are you praying? The first thing you need when you pray is faith. If you don't even have faith that someone is at the other end of the call, why pray? It's better to sleep until you have some faith and then you go and pray. He who comes to God must first believe that God is, is what? Is there, is available, is listening, cares, and will answer. God needs to magnify himself because humanity is drunk in the pulpit. Watch this, watch this, catch this. You've been going through a tough time, but let me preach some emotional garbage to you right now. Catch this, watch this. You all ain't feeling me up in here. This is church today. Man lifted up, pouring out smoke and confusion. And the people saying, please, Papa, go deeper. Tell us more. God needs to magnify himself because we have forgotten the magnificence of his magnificence. That's why he needs to come in. This prophecy is a prophecy of a reset. We elevate the resets of the demigods of this earth, the great reset, Klaus Schwab, whoever. And God is saying, no, watch me work. Those people don't have the pyrotechnics that I have. I have fire from the sky. Celestial, tell them that I have hailstones as big as a man's head. That's how God used to fight in the Old Testament. That's why Israel hardly used to need to do anything. They knew a person who would send a rock boulder-sized piece of hail directly into the corner of a, a soldier's helmet that would give him brain damage, loose his brain from the brainstem and have him drop like a rock. Who needs to fight when you have a father like that? That father has been forgotten. He's been replaced 
by the man from the 60s. Hippie love God. Who would never? He would never. He's a God of love and these prophecies don't match him. You don't match the prophecies. Welcome to the Master's Voice Prophecy blog where Jesus Christ is Lord. He needs to magnify himself, he says, and then he needs to sanctify himself. To sanctify something means to set it apart so that it will never be tainted, so that it will never be corrupted, so that it will never be mixed in and bundled with the dirty stuff. The clean laundry will never touch the dirty laundry. Why does God need to do this? Because God's people are filthy. The church is compromised. This is the place where God has brought forth the prophecy that the church of Jesus Christ is greatly gay. What an indictment, not a little gay, not celestial. Tell them that gay is at the door and its desire is for them. No, greatly gay. Pastors in a man dress and saying, it's a tunic from Burkina Faso. It's a dress, sir. It is a dress. And then you have pants underneath to fool the gullible and fooled they are. Sanctify. When God's people are not holy, they are in danger of dirtying him. We already dirty the scripture. We twist it. We make it say all kinds of things that it does not. We act like this Bible is ours. It is unto us. It is a gift. The Bible is your inheritance. It is a gift. It's not yours. Everything in it, the promises, it's like exactly like the vine dresser that I shared about just a few days ago. This thing is Christ bodily, but it is given to you for you to labor in it and reap grapes and pomegranates and corn. The richness of it, the promises of it are yours, but not for you to abuse, not for you to trash, not for you to cover pedophiles in the pulpit and talk about let's pray and God is love and you don't know what God is going to do with him. I know I have spoken it. It will be so. You can't change it. It's a set judgment. You might as well try to quench the sun with your spit. We anger the Lord by the things we do. And then you still want to be approached in a friendly manner. It's not loving. It's not kind. Your behavior is not loving. Your unfaithfulness, your unbelief, your cursing God's messengers is not kind. You claim to know the word of God. If you sow, why don't you want to reap what you have sown? Why do you want to sow sin and then not reap the whirlwind? God asked this of Cain long before any of us came along. If you do well, won't you be commended? If you do well, Cain, won't I bless you like I blessed Abel? Won't you be received? Why is your face all tightened up? Because now it's God's time to judge. We as mankind have had our time and we've stuffed it up. And it is very high time that every living soul on earth, whether you are a Christian or not, it is time that we did a lot of self-examination and learn to accept that God's judgment is just, it is righteous, and it is long overdue. Look at us. Men are wearing bathing suits and swimming in the pool as women. How much longer do you want to get it right? 
we will get it right. When the Old Testament comes back into the age of Wi-Fi, we will get it right. When we are back in the days of Noah, protest all you like. We're going back to the Old Testament and we will live it in color. And at that time, we will be so humbled. We will be so chastened. Israel or not, all flesh will be so humbled and chastened before the Lord that he will no longer need to insist that he has to magnify himself and sanctify himself and separate himself for us as if he never sent us a mediator, as if he never sent us a Messiah to bring us closer. He's telling us he has to separate from us and sanctify himself because we're so dirty that he is at, at risk of looking that way to the unsaved world who are constantly watching and judging us. Please excuse the noise. And so now in Ezekiel 39, God is saying, son of man, bring this prophecy to Gog and tell him that I am against him. So the same man that God will raise up to chasten nations, to humble evildoers. God is now saying here, after all is done, America will not be around to see this judgment, but the Lord told me that Americans who survive, you will witness this from all the corners of the earth where he will scatter you, where you will be sitting in the various places that God says you will go, Beirut and many places in Africa. God says Americans will run as far afield as Asia. In those places, you will see how God will bring Russia down. And Russians will fall on the open field. This is verse 5. Let me read verse 4. God says, you will fall upon the mountains of Israel, you and all your troops, all the people that you will bring with you. I will give you over to the birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. You will fall on the open field, for I have spoken. So God is going to really thunder against this great end times army. I mean, the rage that will be in him, that this man will be lifted up in his heart and say, I'm going over there, resettled or not, regathered or not. I've conquered everybody else. Why not them? I will send fire on you, send fire on Magog. So God is going to deal with Russia in Israel and then deal with the land. And he's saying that they will be living in security. So they will definitely be enjoying the good life. That's what happens when you win a lot of battles. You start to get that ancient Rome, ancient Greek kind of party life feel going on. And God says they will be living in security, but he will send fire down on them. And then they will know that I am the Lord and I will make my name holy in the midst of my people, Israel. And I will not let them profane my holy name anymore. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord. And so God says, now we go down to verse 11, that Gog will have a burial place in Israel. So Putin is not going to lie in state, lie in peace. He's going to die in a time of battle and be in Israel. And God says that for seven months, Israel is going to be burying. And this you will find in the second part of the prophecy that is called the destruction of Gog and Magog. For seven months, Israel is going to be getting rid of bodies that will be laying everywhere. So after Russia gets this hook in her nose, this irresistible idea that she can't get rid of, it enters her head, 
I'm reading from the first part of the prophecy. Come and fight against my people that I have gathered from every corner of the earth that I will have gathered. I will gather them and it will not be a man-made exercise. And when they're peacefully living and settling down to rest, just like baby calves next to their mother, when they have lived there a while, Israel is going to hear a thunderous rumbling. That will be the coming of these tanks. That will be the coming of these big ships. I think they call them aircraft carriers, the big ships that carry the planes. Russia is going to bring everything that she needs for the war. And God says a holy terror will come on Israel that day. And now I read to you the second part of the prophecy, the destruction of Gog and Magog part two. The Lord spoke to me today about the nation of Russia and a future war against Israel. He said, the march on my people will not be by Russia alone. They will come against Israel with Persia, Iran, Sudan, this is Ethiopia, and the Libyan Peninsula. I wrote, I do not know if Libya is a peninsula, but this is what I heard. As I heard the word peninsula, the understanding came into my heart that Libya's army will be made up of people from Libya and from the regions nearby, people who belong to other countries. Now, that used to be part of this Libyan peninsula in ancient times. In other words, the area that God called Libya didn't used to be just Gaddafi's Libya, one nation. It used to be a whole peninsula and they used to call that whole area Libya. And then modern times they started carving out small countries. And the Lord allowed me to see the soldiers of the Sudan. And God put it in my heart that these people will be the deadliest part of Russia's force. So as I described to you, these men, there's something that Western people don't understand. People in the West are so used to fighting computer war, right? So the soldiers don't really get out there and get their hands dirty anymore. Everyone is wearing, I don't know, 55 pounds of extra armor and stuff like that. And just pressing and going, we, we have the target. We have the target. Yeah. Well, people in other parts of the world don't have the target. Maybe they don't have Wi-Fi and satellites. And so they learn how to fight with buckler and shield, close combat, actual war. I saw the soldiers of the Sudan, tall, very dark, and smooth skinned. These descriptions were put into my heart and I simply wrote them like that. Their skin is shining like polished dark grapes in the sun. These soldiers are tall, beautiful, very skilled, and terrible. I see them bending low to run. Their movement is silent like deer in the forest. They are silent and they don't talk much. God showed me their ancient form. And this is what I saw. Please understand. This is what I saw. I saw the warriors of the Maasai. This is people in the area of Kenya. I saw the warriors of the Maasai standing on one leg, leaning their weight against a staff. So these men were standing like this and the other leg was like this and they had all their weight under, on, on one staff that they were leaning on one side. Traditional Maasai clothes they were wearing. You can easily look up what the Maasai wear, wearing large beads around their neck. These men are tireless. They do not drink water. 
I see that they are Muslim. They are fasting. They do not get tired easily and they eat only a little food for strength. They are from the desert and among the Russians and among those the Russians are bringing, they are the deadliest of all. The Lord said, it is a confederation of nations against my inheritance, Israel. A confederation is a secret alliance of partners that are working by covert means to reach a common goal. This is what the Lord said. When my people are settled back in their land, Russia will lead an advance against them like a storm, like a judgment, but it shall not last. You heard in Ezekiel 38 how the Lord says that they will come like a thunderous cloud, like a sudden storm upon the land. So God always talks from his word. He says they will come like a storm and a judgment, but it will not last. The world will witness a great miracle of the end times, a war fought without weapons for the people of God. Israel will not be able to defend herself. Her forces will be decimated, her bulwarks crushed. I saw something like the hull of a ship. Now, you know when you're on the ground and a ship is coming in to land, that part that is leading in the front, that is called the hull. And when it gets close, it's really impressive. It's really, really, really quite big. So I saw, as it were, from the perspective of being a very small person on the ground and the hull of a ship, something, it wasn't the exact hull of a ship. It was just something like it, like unto the hull of a ship, but not an actual ship. It was large and gray and it was looming upward. And I saw many, many people hiding under the shadow of that thing, mainly women and children. It was supposed to be a protection, but the hull is being crushed. And I saw the people ran from under it before it could fall on them. The might of my people, Israel, will be crushed. Her defenses will be torn and there will be none to deliver. America will not save Israel. There will be no army to save her. There will be no military to empower her against the fierce anger of the Russian Federation in its new form. Only I, Yah, the God of all flesh, will be the salvation of my people. I alone fight their battles, as I have pronounced in my ancient words. I will make the stranger in my land to fall upon the hill. This is bold black capital letters. I hope you can see that. I will make the stranger in my land to fall upon the hill. I will cause their weapons to fail and malfunction. I will confuse their technology until they turn on themselves and kill one another. I will scatter them and set ambushes against them. I will feed them to the birds and the animals. When my people call to me and cry to me for safety, then I will arise and save them. In that day, they will know that I alone am their salvation of their nation, and they will worship me with one mind and one heart. They will confess that I am their God. All men will see that I have loved them, and I will be their God. This is the word of the Lord. 
And so the Lord is painting a picture here and saying that this regathered Israel, though they have been brought back by his power, they have been gathered by his hand. You heard in the previous prophecy that the Lord said, Israel is a hill of beans, meaning that where Israel is today, wherever they are scattered, they look like nothing. These are the ones that people look at and despise. Wherever they are, they are the ones that people look down on and count for nothing. But he says, as a father, he will set his hand against those beings, against those non-entities, and they will come together and be still and be at rest. But yet, God says, inside their heart, there's something else that they're trusting, something else that they see as their safety, their security, their bulwark. And he said that he is going to allow that thing to be crushed. When their power is crushed and their defense is torn and America isn't there to do anything, nobody will save her and no military. So that means no other country is going to come and help those people in Israel. Everybody's going to be watching like, well, you wanted it, you got it. They're going to be completely bereft. And regathered Israel will learn the lesson that ancient Israel always knew. That if you don't have God fighting your battles, don't start battles because you will always lose. God is the one who fights battles. God is the one who saves souls. God is the one who does everything. It will be a glorious day when Christianity understands that Christianity is not actually about them. And that's why it's not called themanity. It is called Christianity. It is about the risen Christ, all of it, all through. He's the star. He's the glow. He's the flow. He is it all. Imagine the practice of a faith where the central character was actually allowed to be the central character and not the pastor. Imagine. Israel will set its eyes on God when they face extinction and extermination, for real, from a hulking Russia. But God conversationally says that the stranger in his land will fall. Their weapons will fail to work. Malfunction. You're out in that desert trying to go north and it's telling you north is behind you or something like that. God will confuse the technology that they bring. Confuse them and tell them the target that you want to hit is over there. And then you press the button and it goes right into the Russian camp. I will confuse their technology until they turn on themselves and they kill one another. I will scatter them. I will set ambushes against them. I will feed them to the birds and the animals. Here is the word of the Lord, Ezekiel 39 and verse 17, all the way down. Son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to the bird of the air and every beast of the field. Assemble yourself together and come now. Gather from all sides to my sacrificial meal. God is literally going to sacrifice these soldiers and feed the predator birds and the predator animals until they are bursting. He says a great sacrificial meal will they find on the mountains of Israel. Come and drink blood and eat flesh. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty. You will drink the blood of the princes of the earth. So this is top soldiers, top generals, Iran and upper Russia and lower Russia and Turkey and all of them laying on the hills and being eaten by wild animals. And God says they will eat fat until they're full and drink blood until they're drunk at the sacrificial meal. 
And this thing is going to displease Israel. When God has destroyed them, the land is going to be filled with decomposing people. And this is what you can see now in Ezekiel 39. God says that along with the burial of the Prince of Rosh, Prince Putin, Israel is going to make sure that every single person that died is not going to be laying there. They're going to sanctify a special place for the dead bodies, exactly how it was done in the old days. You don't just have the dead laying around. Why? Because God says it's defiling. He says for seven months, that is how long it's going to take to find every soldier, every everything. It's going to take that long for seven years. So seven months, Israel will be burying those dead people. And God says that they will even have a, a special crew of men who will comb the land, making, making sure what? Is it just sure to make sure that there's no Russian soldier laying around or anything? No, it's to make sure that this God who would have magnified himself, sanctified himself in Ezekiel 38 and verse 23, it's to make sure he stays that way. It's to make sure he stays non-mad. It's to make sure that this time when God says, do it this way, everyone says, this way shall it be done, O great king of Israel. These men that they set apart will go through the entire land seeking even one bone sticking out. And it says that as they go through the land, if they find even one bone that belongs to a man, so it's not an animal's bone or anything, a cow died there. No, when they identify it as a human bone, they're going to set up a marker and then the barriers are going to come afterwards and take that bone and put it in the valley of Hamon Gog, where all the Gogis will be sleeping at last. And they will name the city there Hamona. And when they have completed this exercise, God says they would have finally cleansed the land. I will set my glory among the nations. This is verse 21. And all of them will see my judgment that I have executed and my hand that I have laid on them, laid on this great fighting force that will come. And so I've always said to you, when you come here, you're not watching TV, you're not watching entertainment, and you're not actually watching something that you get to say, well, I'm going to wait and see it. I've said to people many times politely that you may not see anything. You may not see anything. The Bible says in the book of Daniel that many shall be made white. Righteous people, I have to tell you, for this has been coming on my heart more and more frequently. I know the Lord will still soon lead me to the prophecies about the passing away of people, the death of people, the taking away of the various harvests of the earth that I've been speaking about here since I started the videos. It's in the prophecy series that are called um, Desolations of Desolations. I think it's Desolations of Desolations Part 2, the harvest of the earth, the taking away of the righteous and the taking away of the unrighteous. Many will be made white. There's some of you, your righteousness is almost perfected. And I know it would make sense to human beings. We all want to live. We all want to live a long life. So you would think, well, Celestial, the more, the more righteous that I am, then obviously the blessings of the Lord. The Lord counts rest also as a blessing. And so you may have already started losing people in your family. It just doesn't make sense. It seems that there's a cutting blade in your family. You don't know. It looks like bad luck. You think it's a curse because it's, it's the good cousin. It's mom 
who just loves everyone and constantly used to organize the prayer meetings. Ever since she left, things are just not the same. Many will be made white. Righteous people, you will go home. It will be through disease. It will be through sudden accidents. It will be through just inexplicable circumstances that will take you away. And the Lord doesn't want you to go through what is coming. There are plenty of people saying that nothing is coming. And of course, that just goes to show where their perception is at. Those people can't be helped. Those people are part of the people who aren't going anywhere. And they will literally have to be dragged through the bushes of reality. Certain things will have to happen before they can finally accept where we're going. So the righteous will go home and the unrighteous will also be removed from the chessboard. And God will leave those who are going to experience all the things that you have been listening to. The prophecy you're listening to is the destruction of Gog and Magog. The date is June the 3rd, 2019. Quite a few years have passed since this prophecy was made and quite a few will pass before it comes to pass. And God is saying here that when he strikes down this army that will dare to come against his people, he will be glorified among the nations and they will all see. So there's definitely going to be many living witnesses to this great showdown between God and the hammer that even now he is raising up that hammer in Russia to strike many nations, including the one that I am in at the moment. And God says that, Israel, seeing this great salvation, will know that he is their God from that day forward. So that means there's going to be no questions anymore about who the great God is to Israel. And he says the Gentiles will know that Israel went into captivity for their iniquity because they were unfaithful to me. So I hid my face from them and I let them fall into the hands of their enemies and they all fell by the sword. So there was extermination among these people and their enemies struck them down and they were struck down, not because they were innocent, but because God took his hand of blessing off them. He took his hand of protection away and their spoilers spoiled them. And he says, by their same uncleanness, according to their uncleanness and according to their sins, their transgressions, I have dealt with them and I hid my face from them. This is verse 24. But he says, now I will bring back the captives of Jacob and I will have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy name because after they have borne their shame and all their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, when they dwelt safely in their own land and nobody made them afraid, when I have brought them back from among all peoples and gathered them out of their enemies' lands, I will be hallowed in them in the sight of many nations." So simply put, this is family reunion. Unfaithful son cast off and sent away for bad behavior, sent off into captivity, rejected for they rejected their father first and he hid his face from them. God doesn't actually need to do anything to you for you to suffer. All that needs to happen is for you to get out of his presence. I've said here many times, excuse me, please, that outside of the presence of God is complete and total darkness, two steps away from him, and you are in the deep, dark forest of terrors. Life only makes sense in the warm glow of the countenance of the Lord Yah. You step away from that, 
It doesn't matter if you have fame. It doesn't matter if you have influence, if you have power, if you actually have the nuclear football, nothing matters outside of God. The human being that lives all their years upon the earth and does not understand this, that person, though you own all the money on earth, you are a pauper indeed. And your soul is also in jeopardy. You're poor, you're naked, you're blind. You're being described in the book of Revelation. You need south for your eyes to try and get it right before you sleep in the earth. And so, God says that when Israel cries to him for safety, that's when he will rise and save them. So Israel is going to have to cry. And that cry is going to have to be one particular sentence that comes from the word of God. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. You're going to have to cry that cry. And then the salvation will come. And here are the notes on that. The Lord says, Israel has been unfaithful to me for many generations. They have scorned my laws and stoned my prophets and forgotten all their way, which I made them to forget in the days of my vengeance upon them. They forgot me and they cleaved to false gods. They served the Balaam and they wouldn't bring me gifts anymore. So I struck them and I delivered them over to their enemies just as I told them through Moses and the prophets. So a nation that went astray from God, that began to mock his laws and say, well, it's not for today. And when the prophets came to speak to them in the old days, as now, then they said, it's a lie. And they stoned the prophets and they forgot the way that God wanted them to walk in. But God says that he made them to forget in the days that he was exacting vengeance upon them. And they forgot all about God and they clung to false gods and they served Balaam. This is just the large connection collection of everything that you want to worship all the way down to now. False religions, this thing called Kemet. God hates that thing. There is a whole prophecy that I have on it. Just fuming hates it. If you knew how God hates idols, if you knew how God hates to be next to Kenneth Copeland or T.D. Jakes in your heart, if you knew how he hates that table tennis that you force him to play, going between your little marine pastor in Africa and him, thinking that the two of them are the same. You can't distinguish between God and the created thing and you force him to share space with your idol. He hates these false religions. He hates you wearing these third eye crystals around your neck. He hates iniquity and the sacred meeting, meaning you want to come into the fellowship of God, but everything you bring with you, including your mindset about who he is, is defiled. How can it work? How can two walk together? unless they be agreed. And so he said that people were serving Balaam in those days, you know, about Baal and Ashtoreth and all Moloch and the rest of them. And he said they wouldn't bring him gifts anymore. So you don't bring God an offering. You don't bring God a gift. You don't bring God a song. You don't bring God a prayer. You don't bring God reverence. 
You're just following these weed whackers that tell you, repeat after me and pray to my wand in the God of, and then the man inserts his name. You, you don't hear Jesus Christ's name. You hear the man's name and then he tells you in the God. How do you know that his God is not a mermaid under the sea? And you just dive into covenants with the God of so-and-so, insert name here. So the man's name is in the prayer, but the name of your redeemer nowhere to be seen. No gift for God. I struck them and I handed them over to their enemies, just as I told Moses and the prophets. And we now go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. As I read Deuteronomy chapter 28, the Lord has instructed me to say this. If it is in your bloodline that those you know or those who are connected to you by blood have endured these things, then the word of the prophecy is to you. And it shall come to pass if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body in the increase of your livestock and in the produce of your ground, in the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens to give you the rain of your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hands. You shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You shall be above only and not beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I command you this day to the right or to the left to go after other gods to serve them. But it shall come to pass if you do not obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all his commandments and his statutes, which I command you today, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Cursed shall you be in the city, and cursed shall you be in the country. Cursed shall your basket, cursed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Cursed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your land, the increase of your cattle, 
and the, in, and the offspring of your flocks, cursed shall you be when you come in and cursed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will send you, send on you cursing and confusion and rebuke in all that you set your hand to do until you are destroyed and you perish quickly because of the wickedness of your doings in which you have forsaken me. The Lord will make the plague cling to you until he has consumed you from the land which you are going to possess. The Lord will strike you with consumption, with fever, with inflammation, with severe burning fever, with the sword, with scorching, and with mildew. They shall pursue you until you perish. And your heavens, which are over your head, shall be bronze, and the earth which is under you shall be iron. The Lord will change the rain of your land to powder and dust. From the heaven it shall come down on you until you are destroyed. The Lord will cause you to be defeated before your enemies. You shall go out one way against them and flee seven ways before them. And you shall become troublesome to all the kingdoms of the earth. Your carcasses will be food for all the birds of the air and all the beasts of the earth. And no one shall frighten them away. The Lord will strike you with the boils of Egypt, with tumors, with the scab, and with the itch from which you cannot be healed. The Lord will strike you with madness and blindness and confusion of heart, and you shall grope at noonday as a blind man gropes in darkness. You shall not prosper in your ways. You shall only be oppressed and plundered continually, and no one shall save you. You shall betroth a wife, but another man will lie with her. You shall build a house, but you shall not dwell in it. You shall plant a vineyard, but shall not gather its grapes. Your ox will be slaughtered before your eyes, and you shall not eat of it. If your donkey is violently taken away before you, it shall not be restored to you. Your sheep shall be given to your enemies, and you shall have no one to rescue them. Your sons and your daughters will be given to other people. Your eyes will look and fail for longing for them all day long. And there shall be no strength in your hand. A nation whom you have not known will eat the fruit of your land and the produce of your labor. And you shall only be oppressed and crushed continually. So you shall be driven mad because of the sight which your eyes see. The Lord will strike you in the knees and on the legs with severe boils, which cannot be healed. And from the sole of your foot to the top of your head, the, the Lord will bring you and the King whom you set over you to a nation, which neither you nor your fathers have known. And there you will serve other gods, wood and stone, and you shall become an astonishment, a proverb and a byword among all nations where the Lord will drive you. You will carry much seed out to the field, but will gather little, for the locust shall consume it. You shall plant vineyards and tend them, but you shall neither drink of the vine nor gather the grapes, for the worms shall eat them. You shall have olive trees throughout your territory, but you shall not anoint yourself with the oil, for your olives shall drop off. You will beget sons and daughters, but they shall not be yours. They shall go into captivity. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land. 
The alien who is among you shall rise higher and higher above you, and you shall come down lower and lower. He shall lend to you, but you shall not lend to him. He shall be the head, and you shall be the tail. Moreover, all these curses shall come upon you and pursue and overtake you until you are destroyed because you did not obey the voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes which he commanded you. And they shall be upon you for a sign and a wonder and on your descendants forever. Because you did not serve the Lord your God with joy and gladness of heart for the abundance of everything. Therefore you shall serve your enemies, which the Lord will send against you in hunger, in thirst, in nakedness, and in need of everything. And he will put a yoke of iron on your neck until he has destroyed you. The Lord will bring a nation against you from afar, from the end of the earth, as swift as the eagle flies, a nation whose language you will not understand. A nation of fierce countenance, which does not respect the elderly or show favor to the young, and they shall eat the increase of your livestock and the produce of your land until you are destroyed. They shall not leave you grain or new wine or oil or the increase of cattle or the offspring of your flocks until they have destroyed you. They shall besiege you at all your gates until your high and fortified walls in which you trust come down throughout all your land and they shall besiege you all your, all your land, which the Lord, your God has given you. You shall eat the fruit. You shall eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, whom the Lord has given you in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy has distressed you. The sensitive and very refined man among you will be hostile towards his brother, toward the wife of his bosom, and toward the rest of his children whom he leaves behind, so that he will not give any of them the flesh of his own children which he shall eat, because he has nothing left in the siege and desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates." The tender and delicate woman among you who would not venture to set the sole of her foot on the ground because of her delicateness and sensitivity will refuse to the husband of her bosom and to her son and her daughter, her placenta which comes out from between her feet and her children whom she bears, for she will eat them secretly for lack of everything in the siege and the desperate straits in which your enemy shall distress you at all your gates." If you do not carefully observe all the words of this law that you that are written in this book, that you may fear this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, then the Lord will bring upon you and your descendants extraordinary plagues, great and prolonged plagues, and serious and pro prolonged sicknesses. Moreover, he will bring back on you all the diseases of Egypt of which you were afraid and they shall cling to you. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in this book of the law, which the Lord brings upon you until you are destroyed. You will be left few in number, whereas you were as the stars of heaven in multitude, 
because you would not obey the voice of the Lord your God. And it shall be that just as the Lord rejoiced over you to do you good and multiply you, so the Lord will rejoice over you to destroy you and bring you to nothing. And you shall be plucked from off the land that you go to possess. Then the Lord will scatter you among all peoples from one end of the earth to the other. And there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known. Wood and stone. And among those nations you shall find no rest, nor shall the sole of your foot have a resting place. But there the Lord will give you a trembling heart and failing eyes and anguish of soul. Your life will hang in doubt before you. You will fear night and day, and you will have no assurance of life. In the morning, you will say, oh, that it were evening. And in the evening, you will say, oh, that it were morning. Because of the fear that terrifies your heart, and because of the sight which your eyes will see, and the Lord will take you back to Egypt in ships by the way of which I said to you, you shall never see it again. And there you will be offered for sale to your enemies as male and female slaves. But no one will buy you. You have heard the words of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Only 15 of the verses are blessings. And the rest of them are curses. And when you go and read the chapter, you will see that the curses are not all simultaneous. Because God is always merciful and God always gives people a chance. Biblical Israel was told by prophet Moses before they went into the promised land that God already knew that they would be unfaithful. If God knew that they would be faithful, they would only have gotten blessings and it would have stopped at verse 15. But Moses actually told them that God already knew. I think he told them this in Deuteronomy 8 and Deuteronomy 18, that God already knew that when they went into a land that had already been sown and the plants were already growing, the vines were already producing, the apple trees and the fruit trees already had fruit on them, the houses were already built, you will get houses that you did not build and you will get fields that you did not sow. God knew that when they were at rest, their hearts would be lifted up and they would forget about him. And I just read the indictment of the Lord to the descendants of an unfaithful people that are now scattered across the four points of the earth. And so they got 15 blessings and you've heard me read almost 70 different curses that increase progressively that they would be struck with sickness, that the land would not produce for them, that all their labor would be taken away, that they would work for others, they would be as indentured servants, that nations from afar would come against them and eat up all their gains, eat up all that they had, that the stranger who was with them would be high and they would be low, and the stranger would lend them money, but they wouldn't lend the stranger money. So this is progressively losing the power until it gets to the point where God says that you will actually be consumed wherever you are, you will be hated wherever you are, your descendants will fall under extraordinary plagues, great and extended plagues, he says, and also serious and prolonged sicknesses. You will be prone to sicknesses, 
all of Egypt's diseases. What are those? The diseases that you picked up when you lived with the heathen who did not know the Lord. They will come back and find you until he begins to talk about being locked up in their cities. As it happened in the days of Jeremiah told them and Ezekiel also told them that they would eat their children and they ate their children. And then you can find Israel crying about having to eat their children in the book of Lamentations. I've always said, read your Bible. They weren't crying for nothing. They were crying because they were forced to be cannibals and God left them in their right mind so that they could know who they were eating to survive. And then finally, he says that you will hate life to the point that all day long you would wish it was nighttime and all night long you would wish the morning would come. You find no peace in the morning and you find no peace in the evening and you'll be taken away in ships and sold as slaves. I continue with the message of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord to the 12 tribes scattered all over the world. But cry now. Cry to my people. All of you all over the world, hear the voice of the Lord. Your sentence is over. Your sins are forgiven. Your repentance, when you kneel down and bring it to me, shall be received and recorded as acceptable unto the Lord. I am setting you free from the bondage of your captivity and your inheritance and all that was taken will be fully returned to you. Your sins are forgiven. Hear the word of the Lord. And the scripture that I'm given to read is from Isaiah 40. I read the full thing just a few days ago. This evening, the Lord says that it should only be a few verses. Isaiah 40, verses 1 to 5. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, says your God. Speak comfort to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill brought low the crooked places shall be made straight and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And so you hear the word of the Lord. Cry now and cry to the people that listen all over the world. Hear the voice of the Lord. Your sentence is served. Your sins are forgiven. And God says that you must repent for you have heard that your fathers were unfaithful to the Lord for many generations. And he says that even now you are just the same. So he says your repentance when you kneel down and bring it to him. So he's expecting repentance. Psalm 51, Psalm 32, 
1 John 1 verses 5 to 10. When you repent, it will be received and it will be recorded as an acceptable repentance before the Lord. I'm setting you free from the bondage of your captivity and your inheritance and everything that was taken from you will be fully returned to you. If you want to understand more about the coming back of the inheritance and all that was taken, you can simply read Isaiah chapter 60. The whole thing is laid out there. Your sins are forgiven. This is the word of the Lord. Isaiah 40 verses 1 to 5. And at the end of the prophecy, the Lord said this to me, and I will read it out to you. Genesis 15. All he said was, know of a surety that your descendants will be slaves for 400 years. Read them, the scripture. And so I come now to bring this prophecy to a close. Genesis chapter 15. Abraham has been waiting on God for a child for such a long time. His name was Abram, his wife's name Sarai. God has told them to take a leap of faith, to change their names to things that describe them as mother of many and father of many nations. They've done it and they're still waiting. And then God comes now to Abram and says to him in the vision, don't be afraid, Abram, I'm your shield. I'm your exceedingly great reward. But he's a man and he says, Lord God, what will you give me seeing as I go childless and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. So he's received the promise that he will have a baby and still no baby. Then Abram said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one shall not be your heir, but one that will come from your own body will be your heir. And he brought him outside and he said to him, look now toward heaven, count the stars if you are able to number them. And he said, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he, this is Abraham, said, Lord God, how will I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So God is now about to make covenant with this human man because the human man he has this heart and, and he really wants a child and he doesn't have a child. And so God is telling him, let me give you something to hold on to and let me swear by myself and let me make a covenant with you just the way you covenant with human men so that you know that I will be faithful to this thing. I know that you men respect your covenants and you keep them. So let me enter into this thing with you that you will know. And so Abraham goes and he takes the animals. Let me move it along. He takes the animals he cuts them all in two and he forms this kind of tunnel. So he cuts the animals in half and he puts the, the ram and the lamb and the heifer. This is a bull, a young, a young female cow. And he puts the two halves and he forms a kind of passageway of blood. And then the vultures try to come down now on these animals because obviously there's blood. And just to let you know, many times you will get a promise and it's not coming to pass. And Satan will tell you, you see, God is a liar. You see, maybe you didn't hear God. That's the vultures coming to pick at your covenant. And listen here, 
When the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. So it's your responsibility to fight for your promises until they come to pass. It's your responsibility to pray them through, fast them through. It's your responsibility to close the mouths of people when they're telling you, are you sure you heard God? Then you listen to them and start doubting and the vultures will eat the fat of what is yours. Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And he, this is God, said to Abram, no, certainly, in the King James, it says no of a surety. That's an ironclad fact. Before Abraham has one baby, God is speaking into the future of all the many babies, what will come upon them. Know of a surety that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs and will serve them and they will afflict them 400 years. Yehudim haven't served anybody anywhere for 400 years. And also the nation whom they serve, I will judge Afterwards, they shall come out with great possessions. Now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace and you shall be buried at a good old age. But in the fourth generation, they shall return here for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. And it came to pass when the sun went down and it was dark, that behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between those pieces on the same day, the Lord made a covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants I have given this land, from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the Canaanites, the Canaanites, the Cadmonites, Hittites, Perizzites, the Rephaim, those are the giants, the Amorites, the Canaanites, Gergeshites, and the Jebusites. And so this is the demarcation of the land, the place that Abraham was given for his descendants. And they would be told, he would be told basically the rest of his life. That man's assignment in the earth was for him to walk with his feet and mark out the territory. Because as God would later tell Joshua, every place the sole of your foot treads, I will give you. They literally had to walk out. Abraham walked it out by faith. And then later on, Joshua and the Israelites fought it out by faith. And so God is saying that a worldwide captivity and a worldwide scattering is over. He's saying that the iniquity has been atoned for. He's saying that he's preemptively forgiving the sin. That means that the hearers must go and kneel down and bring the repentance. And then it will be received and recorded as acceptable unto the Lord you have heard the prophecy that is called the destruction of Gog and Magog, received initially June the 3rd, 2019, with notes added to it now tonight by the Lord, Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39, Genesis 15, Deuteronomy 28, and Isaiah 40, read in the hearing of all nations, for the Lord has said that you shall be a witness to this great thing, this great work that he will do in these end times, the latter days. A mixed multitude will come out. This is the word of the Lord, as it was in the days of the Exodus. A mixed multitude 
shall cling to Israel and go out with them. And the Lord is saying, lovers of the Lord. Lovers of the Lord. And that is all. These prophecies take a lot out of a person. I don't know what games they're playing on the other channels that you like. But I'm carrying my own cross. And I don't need any additional burdens added to it. I'm not playing games here. I will answer for my work. I will answer for these words. All of it will be tested by fire. As will your response. I have always been responsible to tell you that you are not a spectator in these end times. You are making final life decisions with your words, with your understanding, with your response. Will you repent? Will you fight? I've been saying it since the very first prophecies that were dismissed. I am consistent. And I thank God that's because I have a blueprint. I don't need to make up anything. It's in the scripture and all I do is hear and write, read and deliver. This is Celestial and this is the Master's Voice Prophecy blog. I will release this prophecy as is and when I have time to watch it back, then I will put the links in the description box. If there are any prophecies that I've mentioned throughout the video, I will have to watch it back when there is time and then I will put information in the description box. God bless you and until I see you again, goodbye.